Emergent entrepreneurs often make really simple decisions that they don't know costs them potential clients. And today we're going to talk about them on that first impression. And I am super excited to welcome to our program, Amplify Your Marketing Message, our guest today, who is also a client of mine. This is Ashlyn. He is a super amazing social media marketing guru and incredible brand expert. Ashlyn, welcome, welcome, welcome to our program. Excited to have you here. Thank you, Christine. Let's talk about the first of the three major mistakes that you are making that is costing you potential clients, because this one is one of the first piece of advices I was given in my journey, and it's one you and I both feel super passionate about. What is it? What's the mistake that emerging entrepreneurs are making that we need to correct yesterday? I so you are using a Gmail account or any free account, Yahoo, Hotmail, Gmail, gosh, AOL, I've seen out there before to send email messages. So a lot of folks, it's not that difficult to set up. If you have a website, you have a domain. If you have a website domain, it is very, very easy to set yourself up with a professional email related to that domain. Um, another trick that I tell folks too is if you're trying to make yourself look bigger than just a one-person shop, you can set up email aliases <laughs> for yourself as well. So if you want a billing at or a hello at, they can all go into your main mailbox. But you know, I get reached out to all the time in my email by sales folks that are using a Gmail address. So I'm like, I don't think you're actually related to the company at all that you say that you're working for. Um, and so that's just another thing that folks can ding on you if they see that you're just not taking your business seriously, that you don't have a professional email address to go with it. I so agree with this. And it was, it was someone who I'd met networking and I had talked about my business and they said, so if you're a serious business owner, why do you have a Gmail account? And it lingered with me. And I know that this is one of the things I've referred clients to you to go help with, mm -hmm. because the first thing we're asking ourselves, <clears throat> excuse me, is are you legitimate? Mm -hmm. Are you going to be here six months from now? And I loved that tip that you just suggested. Even if you're a solopreneur and a mm -hmm. one person business, Having different ways to filter your email will not only make your day-to-day -day productivity more effective, it can give the illusion that, yes, we have our stuff together. And that first impression is an important one. And it is not a big expense. And if you're not prepared to at least invest in a domain, I will tell you, you are going to be in trouble as a business owner. So I love that. That's tip number one. Tip number two, let's talk about this whole idea of I need to be visible. But social media, do I have to? Let's talk about that. Uh, the short answer is yes. You don't need to be visible in all the places. So, you know, choose your social media path of, you know, whichever one um, or have a website. But you have to have some place out there, an online presence that people can find you. The one caveat I will put to this is like if you have a brick and mortar and you know if you want to pound pavement and and do all the things to be known as a brick and mortar store, you know, you could get away with having an online presence, but 
if you are planning to grow and scale, it's very, very important to have a digital or online presence somewhere that you can be getting in front of your customers consistently, somewhere they or they can come back and find you. Um, you know, the pandemic has taught us we all like to hang out online. We don't do many things in person anymore like we used to. So getting an online presence and having visibility there is super, super important, whether that's on, you know, your website, whether it's on LinkedIn or Facebook or Instagram, and also make sure you're hanging out where your customers and clients are. So, you know, um, I work with nonprofits and they're like, oh, do we need to be on TikTok? And I was like, well, if Gen Z is your audience, then yes. So, you know, you could really enjoy doing TikTok videos, but you also need to be where your customers and clients are making decision points about whether or not to, you know, purchase from for your business as well. Oh, there was a really good nugget in there that I, I'm so glad you said but more than anything else. First off, you have to be visible. You know, this is a non-negotiable, you know, for we talk about, you know, in my business, this business scale accelerator system and the foundations that we need. Visibility is a non-negotiable. And I tell my clients 50% when you are seeing consistent client growth is still your focus around it. And 70% if you are just starting out and you are seeking to scale your clients. It doesn't matter per se what platform you're on, as long as you are where your audience is going to make decision points. And so this is a really important one because as a you know person creating an expert status in the marketplace, it is about not just being liked, so feel free to dance and be liked, but the more important thing is, are you credible as a must hire? And it can be about choosing the platform you're on. I love the first thing you said, which is, the website, because every business should have a minimum website visible presence. Why? Because it's the ecosystem that you want to drive people to. It's also the place you pay for. You paid for that domain. It means, means you control the agenda on it. When you are in social media platforms, you rent space. And I'm sure, Ashlyn, you've had experiences where clients have come to you saying, oh my God, what happened to my business? I've lost my accounts. When something like that happens, what do you do to shore up? Let's get you back visible when you may have just been cut off at the knees because trust me, it's not happened to you. We both know it's happened to people we know. How do you help them through something like that? You know, you have to have all of the different pieces of the puzzle. So, you know, webs. I, when I work with clients, I usually start them with the website. That's, you know, the easiest place to start. It doesn't need to be fancy. You can have a single scroll brochure website. You don't need all the pages and you can always build and iterate on it. Uh, but, you know, have an email system, have a way that you can get in touch with your customers and clients. We were actually just talking about having, you know, documentation, like if I were to get sick tomorrow, do does, you know, the person I need to reach out to clients, like, you know, their email addresses, have their phone numbers, are they able to contact them? Um, I will also share another little nugget. Um, you know, cookies and different ways to track people across the internet are maybe going to go away next year. It was supposed to happen this year. They've moved it to 2024. Who knows <laughs> if we'll stick to that date. But, you know, having those permission-based tools, like somebody's email address, their phone number um, to be able to reach them are going to be very, very important. Um to, to have to be able to do that outreach. And again, for social media, like I remember is maybe a year or two ago, 
well, I don't know when it was, but um, Facebook and Instagram went down for a significant amount of time. And I heard people who are like, oh my gosh, I don't have a website. Like this is primarily where, where I sell through or where I get clients through. So it's like those, there are those important places that you need to have set up um, those systems and foundations in place for your business that if, you know, tomorrow, like um, there was that app Vine that, you know, was very similar to TikTok that went away, you know, so if you are just kind of hanging all of your business or putting all your eggs in one basket, it may be really difficult to continue to run. And that's why with a lot of my clients, I make sure that we kind of have all the touch points in their digital marketing strategy and understand how all of those pieces work together in concert to make sure you have a full offering um, to your clients and customers that makes sense um, for them along their, what I will call the buyer's journey. Um, so, you know, you have to, build that audience first and you know what you have to do first is understand who they are what they care about what messages land um, with them and then start to spend time making sure at all those different touch points you have information available to them to move them along the decision points of that journey you know some folks take um, you know, two months to make a decision. Some people might be hanging out and watching you for six months or a year, but you want to make sure that you're consistently delivering messages that will land with them to move them into, hey, I'm ready right now to purchase this, to buy from you, and make sure your purchase process is not difficult. You know, whether it's running the checkout through your website, you know, if you're selling products or if it's, um, if you're a service provider, you know, having forms and information on your website so that they can get started with you, having all of that tested and ready to go is very, very important and something that I work with folks on as well. Right. You know, this is it. This is the first impression. It's got to be legitimate. You've got to look at the professionalism you are putting out into the marketplace. And that professionalism is different regardless of platforms. I love the fail safe recommendation you're making here, which is you've got to have your website. But remember, your website does nothing if you do not drive your audience to it. So you do have to have a strategy around that. Having a congruent one is imperative because you don't know where the clients are going to go through, you have some anticipated expectations, but they'll find content all over the place. And even if you don't have all the elements together, what I'm hearing from you is start somewhere. Get the email as a non-negotiable, get at least a starting page and you can build from it. Every business evolves. And I know with the work that you and I are doing together, it is about evolving the story and being intentional with the choices of, who are we serving? And as it changes, making sure it's current. So I want to talk about the third idea, which is, you know, how do you actually ensure that the right people are finding you? Like, what's this whole idea of finding this target market? Because it sounds really easy. We hear it all over the place. And yet the truth is, if you're not seeing the revenue you want, chances are you have a problem with your target audience or something mm -hmm. is off. Let's talk about what that and how you see it. Because not doing it well is a mistake costing you potential clients. Yeah. I mean, unless you, you know, are a startup that is building, you know, a brand new product that's never existed before that, you know, is going to be revolutionizing or changing, you know, the world. Um, there's somebody else 
probably similar to your business that you can go take a look at. So, you know, when I first started my business to discover more about my target audiences, I asked other people who were working with my type of client base that I wanted. So I focus specifically on small businesses and nonprofits who don't have, you know, a dedicated marketing or communications resource internally um, and help them build up that, you know, marketing and communication strategy and execute on it. Um, So I talked to other nonprofits and other small business owners about, you know, what is important to you? Where are the gaps in what you're doing in your marketing? And then used that information to help build, you know, my messaging for what I offer by asking the people who I wanted to target. Um, So, you know, doing that market research and it doesn't need to be really, you know, fancy and extensive. I think a lot of people get overwhelmed by the idea of market research where they have to hire a firm to do all of these surveys. I just asked around my network and I was like, hey, you know, you're in the category of business I wanna be working with. Can we hop on a 20 minute phone call so I can run through these questions with you, kind of get a baseline idea. Um, I think I talked to 10 different people in that audience. And then I built from there. I was like, okay, here are the similarities. Here were some of the differences. And just went out there with it and tested and learned. And, you know, now we're iterating into a new space in my messaging uh, based on what I've learned. And so I think that's the other thing as well is you're, you're not locked in stone in what you choose when you get started, but also, you know, be listening and be conscious of what is changing. You know, if if the social media platforms I use today disappear tomorrow, I'm going to have to strategically change a lot of what I do. But being, you know, prepared to, to pivot and make those changes is important. Um, and learning be, along the way is super important as well. This is really important because the target market isn't what you imagine it to be. And what I love about this, because I am all about elegant simplicity, is it doesn't need to be hire a firm and make it complicated. It is go have conversations. Your business will move by the single catalyst, which is conversations. And once you get the messaging, amplify it. But it was really important to understand fish and go where there is already a market. And you can service that market to fill the gaps and a little bit of improvement on a current service can be the win that they are looking for. It doesn't have to be a complete reinvention. And I love the fact that your your suggestion here is it's constantly evolving. Our messaging needs to iterate. It needs to shift. We need to be listening to say, that's actually an opportunity over there. Mm -hmm. And we're constantly talking about then how do we grow the service? Mm -hmm. Then it can be, how do we grow the value? And as we grow the value, we're growing revenue. And as we're growing revenue, let's make sure we're growing profit so that we actually create the life we want as business owners. And we're serving our clients that we choose and they choose us at the very highest level. I absolutely love it. Three amazing gold nuggets. Guys, if you just make these simple corrections and you need some help, you can certainly come and work with Ashlyn or myself. We'd love to have you. But I want to leave our session today and our podcast by asking the question. And this is a segment that I always do because what's really important for our audience is what's working right now. It's great for the theory, but tell me what's working now. So we have a section called Amplify What's Working Now. Tell me what's the thing that's really accelerating the growth of your business right now. What's working for you? Having systems and processes that are consistent. So um, I have 
an onboarding process when I make hiring. I have an onboarding process when I bring in clients. I have an onboarding process from, you know, from prospect to contract to signing to payment. Having those, you know, pieces in place is really important and it just streamlines everything. It it noted or it notes the professionalism there's nothing that's you know being dropped in the process people know what to expect and setting those expectations is really important when it comes to um, client service so you know setting up those foundations from the start in the very beginning have really helped me be able to grow and scale to where i am now in just two short years Yes, and, and your your growth has been extraordinary, and I want to celebrate that growth mm -hmm. from you know your first year at, at a very small number to something that has quadrupled very quickly and continues to accelerate. I think it is so important when people say, "Well, I want to serve more." I said, "How many more can you serve?" And we talk about this a lot. Mm -hmm. How we got the systems in place? Where is the capacity? And it is maybe not the sexiest bit of the marketing equation, but it is the bit that the client says, "I feel I am working with a professional. I feel like I know what the next step is, and I know what to expect to get the results." which is what I am seeking from you when I retained your services. It's been fabulous to have you as our guest, Ashlyn. Thank you very much for being with us. Guys, this is Amplify Your Marketing Message. And I want you to take these three tips that we shared with you, figure out where your gaps are, accelerate the resolution of the gap, which means bridge it and make it a professional first statement. We will see you on our next episode. Be back here next week. I am Christine Campbell Rappin, the owner of Clear Acceleration. Can't wait to see you. Go amplify your message, make impact, and make more impact with revenue. We'll see you on our next episode. Thanks, Christine. You're welcome.